Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. A a spectacular Saturday to each and every one of you, and it certainly could be a special Saturday as Game 6 of the 2021 NLCS has arrived. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Shop Podcast, and all the great podcast content from the Talking Shop Podcast Network at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Shop across all forms of social media. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So the Braves and Dodgers will be playing tonight at 7.08 Central, 8.08 Eastern. We came into Friday looking to see when the Braves will be playing, but it was det- would be determined by how Game 6 of the ALCS played out. Well, the Houston Astros were able to close out their series against the Boston Red Sox. They have punched their ticket to the 2021 World Series, and they await who will emerge from Atlanta as the NLCS winner. So now with the ALCS done, tonight's game will start at 8.08 Eastern, 7.08 Central. Game 7, if necessary, will start tomorrow at 7.38 Eastern, 6.38 Central. And that means that the entire baseball world and the entire sports world, for that matter, will be solely focused on Truist Park in Atlanta to see if the Braves can close out the Dodgers as Atlanta takes a 3-2 lead into Game 6 tonight, which hopefully will be a very special Saturday for the Atlanta Braves and their fan base. But of course, the time change, or what time Game 6 would occur, was not the only thing that changed yesterday based off Game 6 details. Late last night, it was announced that Max Scherzer, who was highly anticipated to go for the Dodgers against Ian Anderson of the Braves, it was announced he would not start Game 6. If we rewind a few days back to last Sunday, which would have been Game 2, Ian Anderson versus Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer came out and said his arm was very tired. He basically was suffering from dead arm. He did not pitch at all in the three-game stretch that was in L.A., and though it was highly anticipated he would go into Game 6, it's it obviously now has been determined he will not start Game 6. It will be interesting to see how the Dodgers now adjust. One interesting turn of events also occurred early on Friday in which Game 5 starter, Joe Kelly, who would, you know, basically had served as the opener in Game 5, he, due to injury, was removed from the NLCS roster, and veteran left-hander David Price was called upon to the roster to replace him. It now seems that the reason why the Dodgers made that move was in, in anticipation Max Serger would not be able to go in Game 6. Now, just because Max Serger is not going to be able to start Game 6, it's not yet determined as to whether or not he can't go at all in Game 6, or if he will be saved for Game 7, or if he's available at all. All those questions are going to be determined in time. But as of now, when it comes to Game 6 of the NLCS, it's Ian Anderson for the Braves versus an undetermined starter for the Dodgers. They could go with David Price. However, David Price has only thrown six innings of ball since the start of September. 
Or the Dodgers, once again, could just simply go with the bullpen game and hope that their bullpen, which has been much more effective this series against the Braves offense than the Dodgers starters have, as surprising as that sound, they could go with the bullpen approach and hope their bullpen and bats makes the series go to Game 7, much like the bullpen and bats for the Dodgers allowed the game to go to Game 6 after the Dodgers won Game 5. Obviously, that's going to be the big storyline headed into tonight's game. For the Braves, it's Ian Anderson on the mound, who, yes, he did struggle in Game 2, but one big thing that occurred after Game 2 was that he did not throw that many pitches. So with you know more than enough regular rest before tonight's game, it's certainly hopeful that Ian Anderson will be able to be a and at the very least limit the Dodgers offense enough to where the Braves can hopefully get an early lead. The other thing that obviously plays into the Braves' favor is that the last time they were home, they were without Jorge Soler. He obviously is now available, was available in Game 5. I'm not necessarily, uh, I don't feel that he will start Game 6 necessarily, but he certainly could based off who the Dodgers choose to start. Obviously, his bat could be a big difference maker at any point in time in Game 6, so it certainly is a nice additional asset for the Braves to be able to utilize when they feel necessary when it comes to their offense. So the key to the game tonight for the Braves is, in my opinion, score early. Get runs early so you can give Ian Anderson a lead, and I feel that way it will allow for him to be more comfortable and give him the ability to go the four or five innings the Braves really could use from him and also give the Braves the early advantage to where they can play from ahead, the Dodgers can play from behind, and the Braves can get the momentum early. That, along with a good performance from Ian Anderson, I really do feel are the keys for the Braves to get a needed victory tonight and obviously advance to the World Series. But with it being such a big game for the Braves tonight, I am very excited to welcome Jessica Kleinschmidt, who for years has offered wonderful insight and great perspective on the Giants and the Athletics via NBC Bay Area, but in general is a source of great insight when it comes to Major League Baseball as a whole. Jessica's been kind enough to join us to talk about the Braves and the NLCS and what the Braves need to do in order to advance to the World Series. Jessica, how are you today, ma'am? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Um, more Braves people need to have me on their podcast. I love talking about the Braves. So I'm so honored that you invited me and it's been a really fun spirit series so far. It has been. And, and obviously, um, I, and while I can only speak for myself, I, I'm sure others as well um, have enjoyed your content for years. I know a lot of it has been with the Giants and the Athletics, but in general also, um, I know that you were just on After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You talked a bit about the Braves. One of the things that you pointed out, Jessica, was you were really impressed with how relentless the Braves, how it just seems like that every at-bat, they're they're finding a way to make it a valuable at-bat. Is that one of the big takeaways you've had from the series so far? What have you taken away as positive for the Braves so far in the NLCS? Yeah, and I think the relentlessness is kind of one of those things that's kind of showing across the board on both the NLCS and the ALCS. But I've even noticed when we're, you're watching these two teams go up against each other, it doesn't matter who scores first. You really can't sleep on the opposition. But I feel like that kind of goes to show it's a compliment to both sides, right? If the Braves are up a little bit, you don't want to sleep on the Dodgers and vice versa. And especially with how the Braves are playing and they have like, you know, the perfect kind of 
marriage of the younger guys, as well as, you know, the Adam Duvall's and the Charlie Morton's of the world. And I feel like that always is a positive thing heading into the season. You know, Freeman himself is, is finally a veteran and you have to have that mentality, but you need health as well. And you can't be relentless without having a healthy, you know, starting pitching staff or having your, your guys that you usually um, want to come up clutch in those scenarios. So relentlessness is a huge factor for this team. And it's a huge factor in every postseason team. And they're using it beautifully. It looks like they're, they still have their energy and the guys that you want to step up are stepping up. We're having surprises, like, of course, with Rosario, but it's been really, really cool to watch them. And they're handling it like a mature team as well, which is always great to see. And kind of everything, all the ingredients are working for them. And it creates this beautiful team. And the Dodgers know they have a tough matchup against them. And I think that that's important to pay attention to as well, showing respect to the Braves. And that's something that's out there. You know, I, I think it would be fair to say, Jessica, that when it comes to these two rosters on paper, listen, the Dodgers do have the upper hand. There's there's a reason why this is probably one of the, this past three to five years with the Dodgers, especially with you, you know, being out on the West Coast, I'm sure you could agree, probably the best one, the best collection in terms of individual teams of baseball talent we've seen. But one thing that the Braves, I think, match them well with is that they have a lineup that anybody, you know, one through eight, you could really see any one person step up and deliver. And, and we've seen that time and time again. Chris Taylor out of the eighth spot many times this um, uh, postseason for the Dodgers. Eddie Rosario for us going back between the first and the eighth spot. But it seems like that's a key in the playoffs over the past few years. Having one through eight or one through nine where any one player at any time in any spot could step up. Lineup depth really seems to shine in the postseason. I agree. And that's, and that's a sentiment to the health. And I feel like, I feel like it's a broken record, but it's so important. And I, and I think you get spoiled if you have the players that are still able to play and you have players returning, even the guys, you know, injuries are going to happen after they get approved by MLB, if they can step up and the guys that are replacing them is, is important as well. And like you said, when you look at a lineup and you, you do mention the Dodgers lineup, it doesn't matter who's going up against them. The Dodgers on paper, always going to be a great team. And that's going to last for a very long time. And, and same with the Braves, like you mentioned, Rosario just it was insane. We know he kind of made you forget about how great Kike Hernandez has been because Rosario kind of took over that, that heat as far as being one of the hotter uh, hitters in baseball. And, you know, Freddie Freeman knows how to step up as well. And you have Duvall who does a great job also. So I feel like if you look at that lineup and, and that's how they got to the postseason as well, these guys just stepping up and knowing how to utilize what they need to do and how, it knows how to approach these pitchers and even going up against like what Dave Roberts is doing with these openers and you know the lefty righty matchups are super imperative and then you have Will Smith and these guys coming out of the bullpen and that's I don't think people understand how important it is to have a strong bullpen as well because you see like Zach Greinke he got pulled out really quickly and then you know Joe Kelly was pulled out really quickly as well so you have to remind yourself that that's going to be the scenario across the board and having a strong bullpen is important as well so if you if you take a step back and look all over the the Boston or the the Braves lineup, that's why they're there. And you mentioned, you know, the hitting of course is strong and and the starting pitching. I could watch Charlie Morton pitch all day, and the Max Fried has been a phenomenal, such a a great treat to watch in that bullpen. So you get to look overall, you're like, oh, this is why they're there, and this is why they're as far in the postseason as they are. 
And one thing I'll say is this, is that, you know, Jessica, I, I will say that one thing that's awesome about baseball right now, we have an influx of these just young up and coming superstar hitters, us here and us here for the Braves that cheer for them. We get to see Ronald Acuna on a daily basis. You know, obviously out on the West Coast, you've got Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto for the Nationals, Vladimir Guerrero. I know baseball would love to have those stars in the playoffs. But one of the thing that's a lot of fun every postseason is these unsung heroes. We've mentioned Chris Taylor. We've mentioned Eddie Rosario. But it never fails. Kike Hernandez, it never fails where you see these unexpected sources of success. It's always a fun aspect of the playoffs. And this, this postseason has shined through for the same reason. Yeah, and I think that that's a sentiment to just how finicky baseball really is. You know, you have Cody Bellinger who was stepping up, and then Gavin Lux had a great few game or game or so, and that goes to show like you have three teams, right? You have your your preseason team where you have all this expectation, the regular season, which is very much a roller coaster for some people, and then you have that your postseason team, and that's important too. And you look at like the Boston Red Sox, who as long as they kind of make it to the postseason, they know how to handle the postseason. And having covered that team for as long as I have, you just kind of once they get there, they're they're kind of a force to be reckoned with. And that goes to show like, and they, they can step up, you know, 162 games is a long season. So the, whether it's the, an actual injury or just exhaustion or, you know, COVID stuff happening as that's been kind of nipping a lot of things in the bud. I feel like you need those guys to step up to kind of add to that. And, you know, they're exhausted, you know, I'm done with covering the A's and Giants right now, but there's still a bunch of baseball that needs to be played. And you need those guys that are healthy and smart. And you even have Albert Pujols, you know, that guy's coming through clutch and, and everything like that. And I think it's fun to watch because not only is it like, great, they can, the health thing, but you get surprised and adds to the storylines. It makes it more fun. And like the Travis Ishikawa's of the world and, and stuff like that. So I think that's not only great for, the actual roster uh, projection and, and how it's actually put forth in the game, but just the fun storylines and making it fun again. You mentioned the Tatis Juniors of the world and adding to it, and you get like the clutch scenarios, which turns into like a bat flip or the celebrations and everything like that. It's it's a gamer. And it's the stuff you want to be injected into your veins. I absolutely love it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
I know that I, I, but you covered both the Giants and A's. I'm not, forgive me for not knowing how many years. I know you've done it for several years, but one thing that stood out, I know you spoke with Amy Lawrence on the After Hours interview. You talked with her about how, you know, you, you yourself, none of us, myself, none of us expected the Giants to do what they did this year. But one thing that stood out is that just so many people on that roster, Jessica, the Giants did such a great job of maximizing on their strengths. That's defined the Braves over the past few months. Jock Peterson shine and Adam Duvall shine and Jorge Soler getting these talents and bringing them in. And while they weren't that productive beforehand, they came to Atlanta and, and played at times like stars. That is a, you know, from you having a firsthand view of it with the Giants, it's a lot of fun seeing guys who may not have had success elsewhere come into a situation, and even though it's a bit unexpected, they shine like stars. That's certainly been a driving force for the Braves to, number one, win the division, but also get to the postseason and and succeed in the postseason. Yeah, and forgive me for not bringing up Jock Peterson until this very moment. I totally apologize. He's been phenomenal. Um, and, you know, he wanted to go back to the Dodgers, but the Dodgers weren't having it. And, and that was kind of interesting as well. I, for one, am a firm believer in a change of scenery. I know it sounds cheesy or kind of boring to talk about, but you see a lot of people who just need that change and they just do phenomenal. And Jock Peterson, you're preaching to the choir with that. And, you know, I think that that's important from that. And, and the Giants themselves, you know, they had a lot of these former Reds, you know, players that just did phenomenal. You have like Dave Sclafani, who was able to come through clutch. And then, you know, Alex Wood was great when he went to the Giants. And um, Jake McGee, who um, was great when he got with the Giants. And Tony Watson, who just is phenomenal when he's playing for the Giants and everything like that. And that's that speaks highly to the front office and Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harris. And I feel like that's important as well. And you saw Chris Bryant. I mean, he's always wanted to play on the giants and stuff like that. So I, I'm a firm believer in that. And sometimes it's just, you know, I'm a firm believer in chemistry too. And if you don't have the right chemistry with a certain team or it's like a cub situation, you know, they're not heading toward the playoffs and you're this guy that, that has all the potential to be a part of a playoff team. And to kind of do that is great as well. And, I think Peterson going to the uh, to the Braves was phenomenal. Leaving the Cubs, we all knew that was kind of a factor. And even Schwarber, same scenario with him. So I think it's cool and adds to it and goes to show that despite what your potential is, you know, heading toward the season, I think Jock was hitting 230 at one point, and that's obviously not a good characteristic to show what he's capable of. Comes to the Braves, puts those pearl necklaces on, and he's you know thriving and going coming through clutch and I feel like that's important and I love that aspect of the game and I certainly love that aspect of the Braves as well and and they're demanding respect and that's important is also because heading into this season like and I'm not just shooting my own horn I, I I always say don't sleep on the Braves because whether they're at the top of their division or not they'll have these interesting roller coaster spikes where they win a bunch of games in a row and just like annoy the rest of the division. So despite maybe not being at the top, they're going to make some noise. And that wasn't the case with this. Like obviously they're, they're well-deservedly and the spot that they need to be. And I feel like that's important and, and all of that. So across the board, I love those scenarios, but yeah, heading into the season, I was like, the giants are going to do fine. They're not going to be the NLS champions. And obviously I'm eating my words on that. And they went up against the teams that proved that, you know, with the Padres, that they weren't exactly the, the toughest team in the world, but going up against the Dodgers and everything like that. And the Braves certainly showed it as well. And they're staying neck to neck with the Dodgers. So you can't say that this is a fluke and, you know, how they were last season and everything like that. So 
I'm very impressed with what the Braves are doing. Equally impressed with how much of a fun series this is and how you can't sleep on on both teams. So it's been wonderful. And of course, obviously, a couple of other narratives there. We talk about all the changes, all the new guys, young, old. There's two constants when it comes to the been here. Brian Schnicker, our manager, and obviously Freddie Freeman, our first baseman. Obviously, Freddie Freeman is beloved by Braves fans, very well respected around the game. Brian Snicker as well. Just obviously, I know that you cover a team other than the Braves, but you know, just from what you have followed with both Freeman and Snicker, it, there's almost a, a hope with those two. I, I feel at least that this chance is there. Like these guys, for all that they have committed to the organization when it comes to the Braves, how well they've done when they've become the main guy like Freeman has over the past decade or become the big league manager like Snicker, there's a hope that these guys earn that championship. And it's just so awesome to see the success that they're having and they're being a big part of it. You kind of, you're really rooting for those guys because they're easy to root for. They're a hundred percent so easy to root for. And, you know, it's, I feel like Braves fans are very spoiled because y'all get these guys who stay forever. You know, you mentioned Snit. I mean, he's, He's a brave for life. He's, you know, coming up through the ranks and, you know, I'm an A's girl and they don't have guys on forever. Obviously they had the manager, Bob Melvin, who's been there for over 10 years, but I'm not used to that, you know? So I, I think it's awesome how with the managerial situation on top of Freddie Freeman, who just oozes Braves, you know, with his relationship with Chipper and how the Atlanta area just embraced him and his beautiful family. And I think that's so important and you need that in order to have a sense of community and, you know, I was raised watching the Braves on TBS. And so they have a special part in my heart because I wouldn't have known baseball without that. And they're just such an impressive organization just from that factor of community and family and people who are just lax baseball fans deserve that because if you're not a hardcore person like myself who couldn't care less about, you know, flash lines and errors and all these other numbers, DRSs, you want to know why, these Braves fans are coming to games and you need the Freddie Freemans of the world like that. Um, who are just good dudes. And you see how he interacts with Albert Pujols and Cody Bellinger. They're, they're dear friends and you need a sense of, of kind of camaraderie with that. So maybe the lax fans embrace it. And I think that's so important to that organization and you want to root for them so badly and, and no offense to the Dodgers, but a lot of people want to root against the Dodgers. So that just kind of adds to more of the fuel to the fire for the Braves. But like you said, it's a beautiful storyline. I love it. And it's just, you guys are spoiled with that. I'm so jealous that you guys have that. I think it's wonderful. And obviously we certainly hope that continues with Freddie being a free agent this offseason. And, you know, I feel strongly that we, we should be able to certainly keep him in Atlanta. So Jessica, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. Obviously the series okay. is three, three, two Atlanta. Um, you, you, we're going home and that is a, a nice change of pace when it comes to how the Braves postseasons have been in the past, but we've got Max Scherzer that we're facing in game six, Walker Bueller, likely in game seven if the Braves were to win what do you feel has to be their avenue to success what do you feel has to stand out if the Braves do this they get the job done and get to the World Series so it's almost an easy and difficult question to answer so you mentioned the matchups and those are two of the toughest pitchers you're going to face in all of baseball in in Scherzer and Bueller so I feel like the hitting situation, I'm not worried about with the Braves at all. Not saying I'm worried about the starting pitching, however, but I feel like at this point in the season, 
we're comfortable enough to say the bats are strong on both sides of the field. So I want to say bats aside, it has to go down to the starting pitching, whether they can elongate their outings. Um, Cause you see so many times how quickly it can go to crap when that doesn't happen. Joe Kelly was not a great example. Of course, openers are very hit or miss, but I love the pitching staff period that the Braves have, not just from the starter perspective, but out of the bullpen as well. And, and you know how, Dave Roberts is, he's very much playing chess, and that's been really cool to watch as well, just from a smart baseball managerial perspective. So if they can have this, the, the correct and strong and healthy pitching, the sky's the limit for that team. I, I love what they're doing at the plate, and their defense is not talked about enough for being as successful as it could be. So as long as the pitching stays strong, I feel like the Braves could win it all. However, don't get mad. I did fill out a bracket and I did have the Dodgers winning the whole thing. I just have to, I want to put that out there. I don't want people to get mad at me. I don't want people to like go going through my search history and see that I did put, say that the Dodgers would win it all. So I'm sorry. This was such a fun interview until that tidbit, Jessica. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and, and the last thing I'll end on, Jessica, is is that obviously last year, um, you know, due to the pandemic and things like that, um, you know, it, it was great to have playoff baseball, but it wasn't the same with, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that we were kind of in a bubble situation like the NBA was and all this different stuff. But it has been awesome seeing these fan reactions and the Braves being able to experience playing playoff baseball in front of their home fans. I think for everyone, we kind of are cherishing it a little bit more because we win a season without it. That's one other aspect of these playoffs. It's just so awesome to be able to see these games once again played in front of the fans, an aspect that any playoff situation should have regardless of sport. I agree. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting for the reporters to adjust. You know, I covered a 60-game season last season. Obviously, the A's made it to the playoffs, so it was, it was elongated, but all from the comfort of my room. And I launched two shows, and I got to cover the team in the, in the playoffs, and it was so interesting. And then, you know, the, even the opening day, I was there, and it felt kind of normal, but kind of not. And we were constantly adjusting, right? So, like, every week it was more and more access. But I can tell you what – the moment I walked onto that field for the first time, you could tell the players were just excited for more people than just their team to be there. And that's my favorite part of the job is interacting with the guys and observing what they're doing and being observant and just seeing the little things. And it made me fall in love with my job all over again and just having a more different love and respect for it. And you can sense that with the fans as well. And I think that that is what was needed and to show that, Baseball fans are going to be around forever. I know baseball gets a bad rep of being, quote, boring or not, you know, it's dying. It's, it's not getting respect. But that, that means you're not looking at baseball in the correct lens. And if you look at baseball incorrectly, go to a game with me and I'll make you fall in love with it, I promise. And I feel like 2020 without fans showed more of a respect and more love for it. And I'm so glad that we got to recreate it and this team is back to a regular season I know people called last year a Mickey Mouse season I I thoroughly believe the Dodgers deserved it but we also don't know because I know how 60 game season can be compared to the rest and I'm just happy it's back and it's back to normal and I get to go and see an actual baseball game and cover it like I do and just watch it like a fan and it's a beautiful thing Jessica, it can, her name is Jessica Kleinschmidt. You can find her at Kleinschmidt JD 
on Twitter. Jessica, as I mentioned before the show, the reason why I brought you on here, uh, I myself have been a fan of your work for years. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, also for all your quality work um, covering the game. Um, I know you had mentioned that you had been with NBC Bay Area. It seems as if now you've taken a step away from that. Where can people find your work and obviously follow your great content when it comes to the rest of the playoffs in the offseason? Yeah, so I'm still posting all of my work um, on on Twitter at KleinschmidtJD. I'm very active on social media. Every interview that I do, I retweet, and I want to talk to my fans and my followers. Um, not writing as much anymore, but um, my next avenue, which I can't announce yet because the you know the T's haven't been crossed and I's haven't been dotted quite yet. Um, but I'm still doing all these things, and I still love the game, and hopefully I'm continuing to work in baseball for a long time. All of my social media stuff's out there, and of course, of course, my Instagram. I post a lot of my work. That's Jessica Kleinschmidt there, Facebook, all the stuff. But y'all can't get rid of me, so I will be around for a long time. So that's where all my stuff Again, her name is Jessica Kleinschmidt. Jessica, if you'll stick with us for just a second, but thank you after the podcast, but thank you so much for your time, and best of luck to wherever your career takes you. I'm sure it's going to be awesome wherever you go. Thank you so much for having me. This is a blast. Thank you for tuning in to The Daily Hammer, part of the Talking Chop. Podcast Network. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop Podcast, and all the great postseason analysis from the Braves and the NLCS on the Talking Chop Podcast Podcast Network at TalkingChop.com, as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. Media following Game Six, great talent such as Brad Rowland, Scott Coleman, and Eric Cole will be right with you following Game 6, either discussing the Braves advancing to the World Series or discussing Game 6 and previewing Game 7. Of course, you also should check out, in my opinion, Battery Power, the Talking Chop Podcast YouTube channel show with Grant McCauley and Corey McCartney previewing all things Braves and Dodgers and discussing all developments in the NLCS. Make sure whether you listen to the Talking Chop Podcast Network on where you listen to your podcast, or you check out Battery Power on YouTube, you hit that subscribe button, lets us know you enjoyed the show, makes it available for others to enjoy as well. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Hopefully the next time we talk with you, it will be discussing the Atlanta Braves getting ready for the Houston Astros in the 2021 World Series. For Jessica Kleinschmidt, my name is Sean Coleman. Have a great day. Go Braves, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.